サードコーストベースラジオラディオスサヘルサリスベース第三海岸第一收音機トリチラジオバスギターレバシシルバスラディオカテオはい。
NPR. What's up, everyone? It's Kid Luna here. I hope you guys enjoyed that mix. Um, this episode is a little bit different. We had some technical difficulties. I feel like I say that in every fucking episode, but, you know, here we are. Um, I'm going to let them state their name and let them tell you who they are and where they hail from. Uh, the, the mic is yours. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is New Boy, and I'm from Seattle. I'm probably going to be moving in a couple of months to Los Angeles, though. So hopefully that what? goes well. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, I make music. I also have another, like, I have a lot of other names. Uh, 99 Cent Dreams is another one where I make other types of music. And I used to go by Strider, uh, but now I go by New Boy. You could just, you can call me New Boy for now. New Boy it is. New Boy it is. Um, so tell me about yourself, uh, New Boy. Um, where are you from? What's your background? Yeah, so I kind of grew up all over the place. I started, like, was born in California, Southern California, uh, moved around a lot because my dad had work in a lot of different places. So uh, went to Michigan, came back to California, and then I moved to Kansas for like 14 years. And then oh, I wow. decided to move out to Seattle, and I've been here for five years. And then I'm ready to move and kind of go do something different. Wow, how uh, has Seattle been treating you? It's been, you know what, Seattle's been pretty awesome. Uh, it's been... I think the right type of, it was what I needed. You know what I mean? Uh, I needed mm -hmm. some growth experiences and like some transitioning into like adulthood that was really necessary and uh, spreading my wings per se. Uh, so it was good for that and really cool music scene up here. Uh, unfortunately, the pandemic made everything not so great. And there are some things with the city that are kind of troubling. And so it has some of the symptoms of bigger cities now that it's growing so much. Um, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's still a good city. It is very expensive to live here. So I decided that at the end of the day, um, if I'm paying this much, I might as well be living in Los Angeles where the weather's a little better and, uh, you know, more music stuff going on around there too. Oh yeah. So yeah, if you're, yeah, if you had the option to be paying that much, and do that in LA. I would totally just go to LA. That's what I'm saying. A lot of there's a lot more musicians out there who are really taking it seriously, and I want to connect with them. And I feel like 
you know, if I ever want a career in music, that's a great place to be. So yeah, it's a, it, it's a good idea for now. And I think I need a little more growth in my life and that's also kind of driving it too. Um, so with that, uh, do you ever think, uh, just so FYI, he used to do a show called uh, Ray Carter there in Seattle, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Would you ever think about doing that there in LA? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, if I could, I would totally do it because it's just, I love Ray Carter. It's so much fun. Yes. I, I wanted to play that just to give a reason to go to Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> just because like, I've been wanting to go up that way just to do something. Um, but yeah, that, that was uh, in the past. That's feels like it's so long ago. I know. Uh, I know. I miss it. <laughs> I want to get back to it, but it's, it's one of those things. It's like, okay, we got to get all the logistics back together, but now I'm moving. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm, I don't know, but I was running it with, uh, Dom, uh, DJ Headwound, and they, okay. they were one of the big, the, you know, they were like the co-founder of it. Basically. We both kind of had the, mm-hmm. the, the thing, you know, we, we made it together basically. And, uh, you know, without them, it wouldn't be the same. So I, I want them to be involved too, but you never know. Maybe they'll be out in LA a little bit. Awesome. Awesome. Um, do they still like, um, uh, music? We'd love to get them on the show. Yeah. Get yeah. This, this audio shit situated. They were playing a show last night in Seattle, um, at, at, uh, this place called Kremwork. Nice. Definitely yeah. have to reach out to them. Yeah. They're um, so sick. So do you have like any uh, music history? Like, are you classically trained or were you in a band, choir, self-taught, et cetera, anything like that? My history is I started playing drums when I was six. My parents got me drum lessons. Um, and, oh, are you still there? Oh, my God. Hello. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Well, you'll just have to do a little editing. All right. So yeah. my, my history is uh, basically I started playing drums when I was six years old and my parents got me like drum lessons. And from there it went into school band. I did, you know, like percussion. I did a marching band, jazz band. I was always playing drums and I liked it, you know, I quit like halfway through and I had this band that I was in with my friends. So we did like the band thing, um, throughout high school, played shows, you know, uh, and then I did like, I think I was like, I got like into rap and I needed beats. And so I had to teach myself how to make beats cause nobody was going to just <clears throat> give me beats, you know, outright. So um, I found it like I, I found out I really liked making beats and they were better than my raps were. <laughs> so I, yeah. I was like, OK, let's just like go with this. And um, that's how everything evolved with like my old project Strider. And um, other than that, like I'm taking voice lessons right now, which is really helping me. And I really enjoy that, too. Awesome, Tina. Thank you. Um so, uh, where did you get your moniker from? Where did the new boy come from? Um, so I was doing, you know, like those, let me start over. <laughs> I was doing the Strider project for like years and mm-hmm. 
I really wanted to preserve it kind of in like a time capsule because I didn't want to completely change the sound. So I knew I needed a new name and mm-hmm. I was writing all these songs and I wrote this, actually wrote this song called new boy. And I said, you know, this could be a cool name. Let's just go with this. So there's not a lot of, you know, deep meaning behind it. Um, mm-hmm. I just thought it sounded good. And also because I'm doing things with my voice and singing and writing songs more lyrically, I didn't want to have it be tied to my old instrumental project. And I wanted the name to really kind of be more relatable, I think, to like a person. And so I think the word boy is kind of mm-hmm. useful in that term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a real tough one because I, I'm still struggling with that myself because <laughs> I'm like, oh, should I do a name change? Should I make a new alias? But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm probably not going to make a new alias as and much as I want to. It's, and that's okay. It's so much work. It yeah. is a lot of work, yeah. It, and that's okay. You don't have to. You know, like I knew when I did it that people would forget that I w- used to be somebody else and I'd have to be up against that. And I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. It's it's not about maintaining popularity. It's more about Mm -hmm. my own like personal happiness with my personal music projects. Totally. Totally. So speaking on music, let's, uh, let's get in on this mix. Let's talk about the track selection you got here. Sure. Um, for sure. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like, well, for sure that we will go is probably one of my favorite of yours, man. I know the lyrics to that one. And I'm, I keep forgetting. I'm like, <laughs> I know the guy who wrote this. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh my yeah. God. Thank you. Yeah. I will go is probably one of my favorites that I've made. And right. I feel like people like it, it's funny because I released it on nonstop NXC, which is like a nightcore label run by my <laughs> friend underdog, shout out underdog and shout out underdog, shout out underdog, the goat. Um, and every song on there is like my own. So it's original. And like somebody commented on one of them being like, Oh, this is great. What's the original sample. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I replied, I'm like, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> it is original it is it's all original but it's nightcore yeah, yeah that's so funny dude. <laughs> right and i will go yeah. i never released the original of i will go it's just that like that's the original yeah <laughs> that's so funny right oh wow it's hard it's hard some people are probably like i don't get it like i'm like it's okay yeah well you know, this last one, well, the last few tapes you put out have been really good, uh, in my opinion. Thank um, you. I was going to say, so who, who's like some people that inspire your soundscape or what inspires your soundscape? Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's hard to say like an artist specifically inspires the soundscapes that I make because mm-hmm. everything so nowadays is so like crazy evolved. Right. And I will yeah. say, I'm not going to say that like my ideas are original because no idea is original. You know, everything yes. is, is yeah. derivative of something else. So, um, you know, I think that there's a lot of genres that kind of tie in together really well. And mm-hmm. I always love to experiment. And one of the things that I used to get caught up in is like trying to nail down one specific genre or one sound. And then I realized that like, that's not fun. I don't like that, you know? Um, so 
I, but I will say that like nineties drum and bass and jungle is a huge influence on me for sure. Um, no. that with it. <laughs> what's that? Oh, I'm, I just said I'm with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, you know, there's, there's some artists from that era that are really great. Uh, I used to listen to like, uh, mixes on YouTube by Mickey B who's like an old school rave DJ. Uh, highly recommend those because he does these great mixes. Uh, I would find really, really cool songs and samples and ideas and stuff. Um, you know, I think there's probably like elements that you could find in that are similar to other artists, you know, like Porter Robinson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's like some of the drain gang stuff is kind of similar, but I don't really like open up a DAW and go like, I want to sound like Porter Robinson or today, or I want to sound like drain gang. It's just kind of like, let's just like play with some synths and see where it takes me, you know? Um, yeah. It makes sense to have like a certain style of like drums over it. Then I'll go with that. You know, uh, I want to have it have like huge sub bass or eight Oh eights. Let's do that. Or if I want to have like a, a more like poppy feel, maybe I'll like dial it back a little bit, you know? So, you know, there's people who inspire me for sure. Um, but like mm-hmm. my general listening to music every day, I listen to like Whitney Houston <laughs> <laughs> or like old rock bands I used to like, you know? Yeah, that's not, that's not bad. You can still get a lot of inspiration from them as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, uh, with that question, I don't even think that you would have like a particular way of like, oh, I want to sound like something just because like you're more on the season end uh, when yeah. it comes to making music. So it's like you more it's more of an idea than just like I need it to sound like uh, like this person because. It, yeah, I don't know anyone that's made music for at least five years minimum and probably sits like that at their doll and thinks that. So Right, right. There's like days where I will like watch a video on YouTube of a guy like playing guitar and he'll be like, hey, like learn these chords. And so I'll learn the chords. I'll be like, oh, those sound really good, you know. And then I'll just mm-hmm. like start modifying it and then turn it turns in and like evolves into this thing where it's like, you have the chord progression and you're like, oh, this is cool. And you just start like singing over it and you're like, whoa, okay, I like that. And then it just, you know, it kind of evolves. You're like, like you pull ideas from all these things that you like and you've listened to over the years and you're like, well, let's just try it. And it just turns into its own thing. Yes, 100%. That's, I think that's kind of where I found myself at Yeah. right now. Totally, but it, it's all making sense. So yeah. <laughs> it's for some reason it's all making sense to me. Totally, yeah. that, that's the beauty of it. I d- I will say something that I really like is when I have a song stuck in my head and I feel like I could never make that song. I try mm-hmm. and make that song, and y- yeah, definitely because it's it's like a fear thing, you know? Yeah, because you totally could. Yeah, like if it's, it's totally a song could. with like a female vocalist, I'm like. There's no way I could sound like her, you know? And then I'm mm-hmm. like, well, let's try it. And then I'm like, whoa, this is actually cool. Like, it's not like her, but it's, it's like, it's cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And with it being your voice, it becomes original in its own way. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> at what moment did you de- decide you wanted to focus on music? Oh, man. Um, probably when I was... I mean, I knew from like early age that I wanted to be, uh, you know, focus on music and make it a, a really big part of my life. Um, 
like when I was 16, I'd say. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling my dad, I'm like, this is what I want to do for a career. Like, I don't want to work a desk job. I want to do this, you know? And he's like, all right, I get it. You know? So he was, he was like, I get it. You know, you have to be realistic, but Hey, if you want it, go for it. Totally. hundred percent. I agree. Um, is there anything like as being an artist has taught you that you wouldn't learn otherwise, or it's just, yes. Oh my God. So many things. <laughs> First thing is other artists are never on time. <laughs> yeah. Um, most of them at least. Uh, and it, it's taught me to be more like patient, I think, because uh, when you want to make something that is so abstract like music and you mm-hmm. want to make it good, your idea of good is a really high bar and you have to spend years chipping away at it in order to be good, you know, or to be your mm-hmm. definition. of. Um, so that's something that takes a long time to realize. And I'm still feeling like that. And it will continue to feel like that until the day that I don't exist on this earth anymore. It's like, it's like, it's never going to, you're never going to be like, oh, I've arrived. Like, no, you're always going to feel like you suck, you know? Yeah. Um, I like how that got dark so fast. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) No, it didn't mean to be that way. Um, No, no, no. I, I, I feel like, I mean, one thing that I've learned recently, because I've had this, you know, idea in my head of like, I want to be a full-time musician for so long. And uh, the one thing I've realized is that, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a really cool idea, you know, but is it exactly going to make me happy? No. What makes me happy is way, way more broad and vast than that. You know? mm-hmm. Um, and that shouldn't be the only thing that I think people should chase. Yes, they should, if they want to do it. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say no, you shouldn't, but I would say, uh, if you are, you know, new to this and you're having a lot of fun, have fun, but like, don't limit yourself from having other life experiences too. Like don't limit yourself Mm -hmm. from traveling or taking a day off to go outside or like, you know, exercise or have a social life. Like obviously prioritize your life and be responsible, but like, you know, don't, don't skip out on life because you want to like be a, your idea of what you think a musician is. Yeah. The, the grind culture is real and so it is real. scary. Um, I mean, since, you know, with that same question, like how has it been now? Do you still approach music the same way since you've been like writing lyrics, you know, since it's not just like, you know, I'm going to make four and four real quick, get this beat down and I'll build off of it. But now since you're like writing songs, like, mm-hmm. Does that structure the way you make your music? Is it different now? Yeah, there's there's a couple things that are different. You know, adding the vocals is a huge component. And so uh, I used to approach it like, okay, I have to make a sick instrumental, you know, and if it doesn't come out in like a day, I'll just move on to the next thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Unless it's an idea that I really believe in and I know I just got to develop it more. Um, you know, I still approach music the same way, which is I start with an instrumental most of the time. Um, there have been a few times though, where I have a melody stuck in my head and I'll just record myself singing on my phone and then I'll turn it into a song later, which I think is really cool. Nice. I haven't yeah. done that before. <laughs> yeah. I'm right there with you, dude. It's man. I wish I had this phone like 
when I was like a, a, a teen dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and I do use more instruments now. Like I play guitar, which I wasn't doing before. I was doing only electronic stuff. Um, so mm-hmm. that's different. And, um, I feel like I just, I, I feel like I don't try and hone in on one style anymore. I'm just like, Hey, if I feel like making a shoegaze emo, like hybrid today, and then tomorrow I feel like making like a futuristic pop song, like that's okay. It's not, this not make can now. different. Yeah. Exactly. You can now because now you have your, your voice and that is the element. Yes. That is going to be that is new boy so anything yes. else added to that will just still be new boy 100%. which is great that's why i'm like oh man I, why didn't i do this sooner but you know i, I think everything works out in time as it should mm-hmm. you know so totally yeah it's it, it is your your voice is something no one can take away from you it's your signature you know mm-hmm. um what's, what's your favorite doll and is it just a tool? Uh, well, I only I've only used Ableton my entire time, so mm-hmm. that's all I know. Um, and yeah, it's just a tool. You know, it's no different than Reason or FL or GarageBand or you know whatever Audacity, right? They're all just different mm-hmm. ways for you to get ideas down on this digital piece of paper, right? Uh, yeah, some of them have more different features and stuff, which is cool. And I even get envious sometimes of like Reason or FL, uh, mainly Reason, because Reason has some really cool stuff that's built into it. But it's all the same. Yeah, I feel that way for uh, Ableton users. Yeah, are you? What do you um, use? Uh, I use a Native Instruments uh, machine. Oh, nice. Yeah. There's some really cool stuff you can do with that, you know? Yeah, I've used it since I've really started. I mean, I've used it enough to make it do what it should do, like mm-hmm. any other doll, you know? So. And here's, here's the thing, is that it, it, buying the best quality, top-of-the-line thing isn't always going to get you the results you want. Like, there's something cool about being limited to, like, when, yes. I, used to, when I started... I had stock Dell speakers for like a year, like old, like 2001, like Dell speakers that were trash. <laughs> was it those, those white ones? They were like, no, they were like gray and they had uh, like the material on the outside of it. It looked like a really <laughs> old speaker and it had like a little subwoofer on the bottom too. And I was oh, like, nice. I was like sick. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I used to be blasting those hoes with like lime wire. Yeah, fucking on the <laughs> just exactly. Music. That was Ripping the era. music, not knowing what I was doing, dude. Same, but those were like the best times because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I only have one synthesizer. I have no idea what it does, and I'm just like, I'm just learning and I'm just trying stuff. And then when you're limited, you actually use things more creatively sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. And especially if it's even five tools that you use, like if you're also yeah. limited with your sound, like you will know how to use those five tools so devicely that you will, you can do whatever you need to. Right. You know? um, is there any uh, go-to VSTs that you use or a piece of hardware that you use other than the, the guitar? 
Yeah. Um, I've been using an Ableton Push, like the original one, for six nice. years or so now. And I really like it. I have a keyboard, too. You know, I have a couple of other MIDI keyboards, but I don't really use them that much unless I'm traveling. Um, and Serum is probably my go-to. I use that for a lot of things. I like, you know, basic, like... I want to build a track. I always have serum doing something, you know, like mm-hmm. some bass or whatever. Um, Omnisphere. I actually bought Omnisphere cause I was like, shit, I got some extra money. So let's just like buy this thing. And like now, whenever I need to use something a little outside of the very digital sounding sphere, I, I use that and I'm like, cool. Like I got that in my, in my you know library basically. Nice. I've been yeah. thinking of, uh, um, getting Omnisphere, like I've, I, I like the, I guess, well, it's not really like a drone tool, but it's like, I mean, I, I don't know what it's like. I haven't used it, but I've seen it being used. I watched your, your, your TikTok that you made using it. And I'm like, yeah, that's what a lot of people used it for too. So yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're getting the crackling again. Do you want to restart this? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, let me try calling you again. You there? Hello, hello. Hey, there you are. Okay. <laughs> yeah, fucking Discord. Yeah, um, it's okay. We were just talking about Omnisphere. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been thinking about getting that as a plugin, especially for some of the stuff we're going to work in on. Mm-hmm. Um, so since you, you dabble in both... Um, since you dabble in both, like, is it better to be, uh, you know, the DJ versus producer? Should you be like perfectly good at one or, you know, should you just jump into the scene being decent at at least one of them? I think you should do whatever you want to do because the cool thing is there's no longer as many gatekeepers to say you should do this or do that. You know, like nothing, people have these rules about what makes you legitimate like what makes you mm-hmm. a legitimate producer or le- legitimate DJ. And, you know, say you have to be able to produce first before you could DJ or you have to DJ first before you can produce. And it's like the world is so full of accessible information. Now you should just do mm-hmm. whatever you want to do because there's people who have only DJed and done great at it. And there's people who've only produced immigrated at two. And there's some people who like me, I did both. I did, producing and then I DJed as well and they kind of help each other out like you because I DJed I learned what people like to hear and what mm-hmm. they don't like to hear and how to like interact with the crowd but that helped my producing because I was like well people like this kind of stuff this would make them go crazy or this would make them dance you know um mm-hmm. and before that, I would try and just I started DJing. I try to play my tracks out, and people weren't really feeling them. They were like, mm, kind of stiff, you know. Yeah, so it kind of helps to play other music and say, okay, this is what people like, and then you start to ask yourself why, you know. That helps a little bit. Yeah, I used to always tell myself like people always want to hear music to tell them what to do, especially being black, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, and I get it. I understand, especially like if you're at a um, bar scene or club scene reference or, you know, just any place like that, 
like where they're not too technical on the music, but mm-hmm. you know, they like the simplicity stuff. Totally. Um, my, my, which my, isn't, Oh, go ahead. Oh no, go. You're fine. I'm just saying it's not bad. Not yeah. a bad thing. It's true. I started DJing and I was watching, I mostly watched my friends DJ around the time when the twerk music was really popping off <laughs> in the EDM scene. And man, people just ate it up. Like they would just go. Oh, yeah, that was a wild time. That was a wild time. It was. It was great. Um, yeah, I want to say that's probably because I mean, I was going to music festivals um, around that time, maybe from like maybe like 2011 through like 2017, right. 18, but for sure, 20, like 2013, 2012 and 2014, 2015, um, I had some great experiences at a lot of those shows, you know, um, very diverse, especially in the trap era of music. Cause man's classic era. Yeah, <laughs> both EDM trap and real trap, like very classic eras. Yeah, the whole. Uh, I remember I used to love to watch uh, go see uh, Foster Domus. I think it was. Yeah, hell um, yeah, very ratchet, especially here in Texas. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Um. So do you uh, do you use plugins? Do you like plugins too many? Not enough. Um. Do you stack that shit up? I mean, I. I do and I don't like there's I use what's necessary. Does that make sense? Like Mm -hmm. um, I used to try and stack everything, but then I was like, well, why do it if I don't know what I'm doing with it? Right. Um, Yes. Like I used to put all these compressors on like these waves plugins and everything. And, you know, basically just say I, I would just look at what the pros were doing or what my friends were doing or other producers. And I'd be like, okay. Lostradamus does this. I'm going to do it too, but I don't know why. Mm. And it didn't make anything sound better. It sounded worse. And so I stripped everything back and just started using no plugins and then slowly re-adding them. It's like the whole 30 diet, but for like your music. <laughs> mm. And then I was like, okay, now this makes sense. And I listened to my ears first and that made me a better producer, I think. Yeah, dude, ears are key, man. Yeah. They, they really are. Yeah, um, totally. So before we wrap it up here, I mean, you got a couple of night shenanigans tonight. Yeah, it's all fun, good. It's fun. Um, do you have any uh, future projects going on, shows, new music, streams? Um, yeah, so obviously the new boy stuff is... Uh, you know, going to be coming up pretty soon. And so I have some EPs in the work for that. I'm really excited to really show like the evolution of sound that I'm working through right now, because it's very different than what I was doing previously. Mm-hmm. In, in some ways it sounds uh, a little more like, I guess, quality wise better, but also uh, like songwriting wise and thematically and vocally. Cause I've been, you know, really working on singing. It sounds better too. So that's really cool. Um, I also got a better microphone after 10 years. So that's really cool too. Uh, so that's good. Um, so yeah, no new stuff with new boy, but also unexpectedly my 99 cent dreams project started popping off last week, which was crazy. So yes, congrats, man. Thank you. Definitely. Thank you. 
long overdue. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. I was not expecting it. I, uh, for just in case anyone doesn't know, this is my side project where I normally made house music. And then I put out this EP that was like jungle drum and bass inspired and, uh, didn't expect anyone to listen to it at all. I was like, whatever, just put this <laughs> up. You know, they're like, Lu- they're like Lucy's, you know, little rarities. And I'm like, yeah. here you go. Like, take these beats and go play them out, I guess, or listen to them. Well, I don't care. <laughs> and then, yeah, man, I'll put this jungle, uh, yeah. drum and bass EPL. I don't think I was going to fuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. And of course, like, I, it, it, like, I, I didn't think much of it. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then, uh, like, a week uh, two weeks later this youtube channel called the uppermost in life posted it and i was like why am i getting all these like Bandcamp sales <laughs> and i was like oh shit oh my god and it got like it's like twelve thousand plays now which is crazy so i'm gonna be doing nice. more more nice. 99 cent dreams because it sounds like people like it and if there's one thing i've learned through my uh artist career is uh, don't stop doing something that people like. Uh, like, if you're tired, take a break, but get back to it because if people want it, you should you should think about doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Um, so, so who's some artists you would like to give a shout out to the future episode? We like to kind of rabbit hole through people's um, shout outs. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have a lot of shout outs. So shout out you first off. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Of course. Um, really appreciate it. You know, appreciate the support that you've given me over the years too. It's really great. Of so, course. Um, yeah, thank you. I can't thank you enough just for having me on your show. That's awesome. Um, that yes, just, I wish you would have had a better recording situation. So. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. You know, if this doesn't work out, we're, we're going to have, have you. We're going to have you back as a 99 cent dream. So yeah. it's all right. <laughs> I'll drop my voice lower or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or be like, <laughs> or we'll just continue the conversation where we left off. Yeah, totally. Um, shout out to Pyre uh, for encouraging me to do the 99 cent dreams project. They're great. Um, so shout out Pyre for supporting me. Shout out to uh, Neat as well. Uh, Cosmo Cosmo, Slow Shutter. Um, there's a bunch of other people. It's like, it's like I. It's hard to shout out everybody because then someone's gonna feel left out. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um, everyone's well, is there anyone you would like to shout out to be a future artist on Dark Coast Face Radio? Ooh yeah. Um, well, you already interviewed Shay, right? Okay. Okay. Um, I would, I would honestly, hmm, that's hard. It's hard because who's someone someone you've been been fucking with? Well, I mean, everyone's my friend. (laughs) So it's like, it's like, hmm, I'm not picking favorites here. You know what I mean? Um, let me, let me try and there's no favorites, just whatever comes to mind. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. So, um, there's this person who I've really fucked with as a person for a long time. They go by Tiger Paw <laughs> and they make really cool oh, drum and bass gosh. and house inspired music. 
And bro, I literally, I literally just got uh, an EP off of, of Tiger Paw. I think a week before TFF, it was in my set this past weekend. Yes, Yo, hell yeah, Tiger Paw. <laughs> yes, dude. Tiger Paw is so dope. That they also go by fire. Yes, they're getting a lot of love too lately, which I really am happy with for because like mm-hmm. they're great and we have so much in common. We both love rollerblading like to like a serious level and. Uh, we talk about that all the time and we talk about like you know collaborating and stuff and like they're just really super mm-hmm. solid people so uh highly recommend them they deserve more love so if you have a moment reach out to them and say what's up tell them i say hi oh most definitely um one more thing yeah where can, can people, people find you, you? People can find me on uh, Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is just uh, at I'm underscore new boy. So I am underscore new boy. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram sometimes, uh, new boy 4000. Uh, it's uh, like Andre 3000, but much lamer. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see what else. Uh, my music's on Spotify, uh, you know, 99 Cent Dreams, New Boy, uh, YouTube. I'm on there as well. I'm on the SoundCloud as well. So, uh, yeah, if you want to find me, just just hit me up or listen to me on Third Coast Bass. Yes, sir. Is there any uh, closing words you would like to give our, our listeners? Um. Thank you for listening and just giving me a, a shot. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I think, I think if you want to create music, you should do it. Uh, don't, don't ever feel like you can't do it just because you don't have the tools. Um, all you need is ears and, and eyes and a mouth and a willingness to try and figure out and learn. And you will. You don't need, you don't need a MIDI keyboard. You just, if you have a laptop, and you got a keyboard on there, just just work with that. You could do whatever you want. Just uh, just try. Yeah, it's it's twenty twenty two. No fucking excuses. Facts. Okay, so if, do you know who Young Skirt is? Uh, yes. Okay, Young Skirt. When he streams, he he plays everything on like a keyboard, like a gamer keyboard. So he does the drums, the synths, everything on a keyboard. It's so sick. So he's yeah, living I've, proof. I've, I've never made music on. Yeah, just, just a keyboard. keyboard. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I've been producing tracks like that too, and I'm like, it's it's super fun. So yeah, go make go make some bangers on your keyboard. Hell yeah, we're about it, and then send it to us at Third Plus Base Radio. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> send to Kiluna. <laughs> Thank, Thank you for being a part of the show. Um, I had a great time talking to you. Uh, I don't know what time is it there for you in Seattle. You know what? Don't even, don't even. Because whenever they listen to it, it's going to be the time that they listen to this. That's right. The time is now. Yes, forever relevant. Exactly. Well, thank you for being a part of the show, new boy. Um, It's Kid Luna here signing off, Third Coast Space Radio. Y'all have a good night.
They call me T-R, I am another L, E-R Eat is the R, one in the top, soon as it's pop Send him the go, can't make it stop Petty your fuck, pull up and pop Skirt up and drop, take a little bop Fuck it and swap, my nigga mom, he's for my dog So. I got hot, but that bitch turned ice cold. Put a bird in that box, she gon' flock to that not so long. I get that guap with my eyes closed. On that drink, I was low.
Yo, so that was absolutely sex sauce. We got your boy Adrian, aka Caption, on the motherfucking mic. Say what's up to the people, bro. Yo, 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 what is good, everyone? I am super excited for this. So let's just hop right into it, man. Tell me about yourself. Who are you? Who's Adrian? Who's Caption? Wait, okay. Um, well, so Adrian, my name is Adrian, obviously. Um, Born and raised Dallas, Texas. I'm 26, um, and you know I've been making music for I want to say making music for like 11 years, coming on 12 years or something like that. <laughs> I started uh, I started producing in uh, in high school with some friends. Really, I started uh, my music career like and not even career, just like I started rapping with friends in high school and stuff like that. And I, you know, I thought it was cool and everything, but eventually we got to the point where. Like, everybody, we were getting beats off the internet, and we were just like, nah, we're not doing that anymore. Um, and we needed a producer, so I started producing, and I fell in love with it. Uh, fell in love with, with making beats and just creating my own world and sounds and stuff like that. Um, I didn't start caption until 2017 or 2018, the end of 2017. Um, and uh, since then, you know, the caption project for me has just been, it's been changing, forever changing, forever growing, and... Uh, I would like to say that it's been one of the coolest experiences of my life, you know, you know, creating the persona and creating the music um, and the project of Caption. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. For me, Caption is like, um, just, it is me. It is me, right? It's the stuff that I go through every day, just captured in a different way. Um, a lot of it is hype music, stuff like that. And I promise my life is not as hype as a lot of my music but um the exciting moments the the thrilling moments the sad fun happy moments i try to you know put them into my music and stuff so yeah so you say you kind of had like a previous background like rapping a little bit but like as far as your musical background did you have any like classical training or was it all self-taught or like what got you actually into that scene so I, I have never had any classical training. So I did play I did play saxophone in like the seventh and the eighth nice. grade, sixth, seventh grade or something like that. And uh, nothing crazy. Um, but my like introductions to music were just through my family. Um, my dad actually used to DJ um, back in the early two thousands, like nineties. Um, I mean, him, him as well, way into into the eighties as well. So like, you know, I was my earliest experiences with music was watching him DJ and eventually even touching the decks myself, just like memories that I have just getting on the decks on some vinyls and playing a uh, freaking ludicrous, you know, <laughs> making my own mixes on, on, uh, on CDs and stuff. So, yeah. Nice. So you say the caption project basically started in 2017. So what what inspired or what brought that moniker to come out? What what how, what's the background story on that? So, um, all right. So around that time, um, I was actually just making primarily like you know regular beats and stuff like that, and trying to find my own sound in that space um and eventually i found myself getting into and finding artists like where's alex um uh dream child who goes by john sean dream now uh mr carmack all those guys and i was in a duo back then um me and my homie uh 
Isaac. He's uh, based out of Atlanta now, but we we just have a duo. And we were making music, and um, eventually, I just you know we we went our separate ways, and I just kept falling in deeper in love with production and making music. So I ended up you know making my own solid project, and I came up with the name Caption. So short short. Long story short, basically, I wrote a bunch of names down on my phone, just words misspelled, and I was like, because I had no idea how to make up a name, you know, I was like, <laughs> I don't know, you know, whatever works for you, oh, <laughs> and I wrote a bunch of words misspelled down on my phone, sent it to a bunch of my friends, had them choose out, like, their top five out of that, and then I chose my favorite one out of the, the uh, names that they, they chose, so in a way, my friends kind of chose my name, in a sense, you know? Interesting. I've never heard. That's that's a very interesting origin story. I mean, because one, you have the search engine optimization going because it's caption misspelled and not a lot of people fucking type that into Google. But at the same time, your friends also kind of motivated that. Like, what, what were your other choices? I no freaking. <laughs> no. I promise you, it's just a, it was so many just random things that I wrote down, you know, um, yeah, no. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. So shout out Dream Child, by the way. Is he, I haven't heard from motherfucker. Is, is he still doing shit as far as music? But uh, it's funny. I, I've, no one has ever mentioned this guy's name on the podcast. And he was definitely a huge inspiration for me back in the day, too. Yeah, so, yeah, Sean's definitely still doing music. Um, yeah, actually, so we became, we became friends shortly after I... Um, started the caption project. Um, weirdly enough, my the guy that I was in a duo with back in the day, his brother was roommates with Sean Dream at the time. It was just wow. like a super random connection that he was just like, yeah, bro, I know Sean, I know Dream Child. I was like, bro, what? <laughs> what the hell is going on? And so we ended up meeting each other. Um, he actually helped me get uh, get my manager now, who, who's Tony Cagnolati. Shout out, Tony. Shout out, Tones. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, we, we still talk every once in a while. He's very low-key nowadays. He's uh, he stopped making, like, electronic music and stuff like that, but he's making more instrumental music. He plays, like, I want to say he plays, like, four instruments now or something like that. And Interesting. He's just, he's just doing stuff low-key, you know? That's super fucking dope. So let me ask you, who actually inspires the caption soundscape? Well, where do you get your musical inspirations from? So that's a good question. I... There's so many dope artists that I feel like I am inspired by. Um, currently, I'd say the people that inspire me right now, um, definitely like Imanu, um, he's freaking dope. Super dope drum and bass cat from the uh, from Europe. Um, Noctu, sweet as hell. Um, uh, let's see, John Casey, he's freaking dope. Love John Casey, that's the boy also. Um, those are kind of my top three right now, um, but when I first started, it was you know it was those guys um, that I already brought up, Mr. Carmack, uh, Sean Dream. Uh, there's also like Delay, who <sighs> rip his project. Um, uh, Delay definitely inspired a lot of my earlier projects and sounds. Like when I dropped Okami, that was like directly like Delay um, inspiration and stuff like that. Um, I would I would call him probably one of my biggest inspirations early on. Um, but yeah, that's. I really kind of find my inspirations off of just like who's making the shit that I want to see, you know, that I want to yeah. hear like often right now, you know, and it's not very often that I find those those guys, you know. So definitely. So 
I know you said, you know, you, you kind of started this project a few years ago, back in 2017, but like, what, what was the driving moment or I guess the, the spark where you wanted to take this seriously and become something of it? Um, I would say it was 2018, right? So before I was, I mean, I always had imagined kind of in the back of my head, it was like, it'd be cool to like do this, you know, and be famous. But it didn't really necessarily matter for me being famous. So I was just like, it'd be cool to just live the lifestyle or whatever. Um, um, I would say, so in 2018, I was deployed actually overseas in Guantanamo Bay with the army. And that's whenever I actually had my like largest growth um, around then. And I think that it was when I first dropped, I want to say Lotus, like Lotus around that time. Um, it was when Mr. Uh, uh, freaking Where's Alex? So Where's Alex? He's from Dallas. He's so like big inspiration for me. He actually found my music early on um, and was like, supporting it and it was like going quote unquote viral at that time on SoundCloud and stuff like that and I don't know man that those were the, the that was the moment where I was just like yo this is this is fucking cool I really want to keep making music so I would say as a as an artist that was like one of my first moments just kind of getting getting that um, appreciation the validation from another artist that I really looked up to at the moment um, and then as far as just like as a career you know being a being a DJ, kind of being a, a part of the culture and stuff like that. Definitely, um, I started Bonsai um, back around the same time, 2018, I'm going to say in March uh, 2018, April 2018. And, you know, that was doing really cool things at the time. We were pairing up with groups like Future Collective and um, who else was around that time? I don't know. Uh, and <laughs> we, were we were doing dope stuff. Um, and we did our first, like, uh, we did our first group show where we actually got a lot of the roster at the time to come together and do a show. It was just the first show I put together myself and we all uh, we all linked up in New York and did our first show and then it went really well. It was interesting, you know, bad things, good things, but at the end of it, I was just like, yo, I love this, like, being able to link up with friends, play music out, do stuff that we all love together, all of this stuff, and that was just kind of a thing for me to be like, yo, I, I just want to do this for the rest of my life, you know, if I can, so... Yeah, that was a big moment for sure. That's fucking awesome. And it's interesting because you say you, you had like a previous military background and like, how did that feel? You know, kind of like living both worlds. There's one that's with a bunch of, you know, uh, demands and obligations and you have to wake up on someone else's call versus your life as an artist. Um, It's different, man. It's different. And honestly, <laughs> it's tougher, I would say. Oh. Um, being a being a self-sustained person and an adult rather than, you know, being on someone else's time. It's interesting. Um, like, before, you know, I had a set time for everything. You know, I wake up at a certain time. I, you know, go to work at a certain time. I eat at a certain time. I go to sleep at a certain... Well, not not even go to sleep at a certain time. I kind of just said fuck it to that, whatever. But, <laughs> you know, everything else was definitely on somebody else's time. So really that structure... I think that structure set me up for success, if I'm being honest. Okay. Um, just having, just knowing what times I had to work on things that I had to work on or I wanted to work on 
really drove me to work harder during those times, you know? Mm. It's like, I felt like I had a limited amount of time per day or whatever, and I just crank out music, you know? I, back then, I would definitely be making, I, I feel like I made more music than I do now. Um, it might not have been as good, but it was definitely me just hopping into it. So, like, right now, you know, I think that having the leisure time of, because I pretty much do music full-time. I, I, I have a part-time job, but it's like, it's whatever. It's a part-time, not even a full day, full, you know, full week of work kind of thing. So, like, having the leisure to be able to do whatever, any pretty much any time, it gives it a little bit of a, you know, the time spent in music gives it less, less luster. It gets less, you know, it gets less, I wouldn't say less fun, but just since I have so much time, I kind of just take my time on stuff. I work on shit when I want to. Um, and I think those, that switch over to that is a little bit, it, it can be jarring for a lot of people mm. and like uninspiring at times. Um, and so, you know, that's, I think that's the biggest change for sure. Awesome. So do you feel like your musical journey, at least as an artist, do you feel like that's taught you something that you might not have learned anywhere else? In what way do you mean? So, you know, you had a life full of structure um, in the military, and then you kind of chose this musical journey. Do you feel like that journey or being a musician or an artistic person in the musical terms has taught you something that you might not have gotten otherwise? I think so. I think so. Just like, it's really the life about balance, you know? Life about balance, because being in the military is is a structured world again it's very structured it's very you know rigid lifestyle and being an artist is very liberal it's very do whatever and make music and hang out and do drugs for whatever the fuck you're into you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. so I think like finding that balance as just a human being um, has really led me to just grow in ways that I don't think a lot of people will will ever really experience in their life you know um, yeah because it's almost it's almost like two literally two different sides of the same coin, you know. So, you've been on this path for a little bit now. If you, I mean, you're obviously taking this seriously now. But if you could go back ten years and give yourself a little piece of advice, or maybe you know, an upcoming producer that's listening to this cast right now, what's that piece of advice you give yourself or them? Um. Be patient, I think, is the biggest thing. It's it's the biggest thing, I think. So, like, this stuff doesn't always really, really ever happen overnight. You know, we can't always be, you know, the next more kismet who blows up at the age of 16, you know, or 15 <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. We, have to, we have to take our time, sit down, write the music, um, you know, connect with people, go to the shows, um, and you know, be present in our careers because I mean, this is a long road. And if you if it's something that you want to do for the rest of your life, um, you got to think for the rest of your life, not think about right now. I think that's really the biggest thing. Um, one thing that I've been sitting on for a long, long time now, and uh, that just that just happen overnight. Hang out, make music, plug it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I love that take on that. I mean, patience is definitely a virtue and it's so easy to kind of like uh, just 
you see everyone doing some better shit around you and it's very easy to like compare but also you have to understand that contrast in your own personal journey a lot of people don't take that seriously because it's you know being in the industry it's very easy to be like man that dude's doing some dope ass shit I wish I was him you know what I mean Mm -hmm. yeah when there's already hundreds of thousands of people thinking the same thing yeah and there's always somebody out there possibly grinding harder than you so you know just got to be patient and do do it your way it's really the only way to do it so damn right so let's go ahead and like hop into your mind as a producer um i i I always ask this and it's hilarious as shit because it seems like everyone is team ableton but what's your favorite doll I'm an FL boy. Oh, word? How's that going? <laughs> I mean, have you listened to music recently? It's going fucking great. Fucking great. FL, I, so, you know, I, I started in, whenever I first started making music, I started in this random website. Uh, it was a website though, called audiotool.com. It was literally on the internet and it had everything. It had freaking compressors, delays, distortion, uh, low-key had its own like cool plugins and stuff like that, but it was just a trash UI, UXO. And like, I got, I fucking torrented FL Studio back in the day because I was just making hip-hop beats, you know? I started yeah. hip-hop, that's what everybody was on back then. Uh, you know, the Metro Boomin, all that stuff, everybody was on FL, so I was doing that. And it wasn't until, it wasn't until recently, and it's only because I'm working with so many electronic music artists that I had to, I had to learn Ableton myself. So I do know Ableton now. I'm not going to care to you. I had to learn it and I like it a lot. I'm not even a hater anymore. You know, I think that uh, Ableton has a lot of shit that FL uh, doesn't have. Of course, it's really infinite. It's lit. But FL, it's got the sauce. You know, it's got that. Mm, you know what I'm saying like some of my some of my some of the biggest producers that I feel like I know right now are in FL like genuinely more Kismet's in FL ISO XO is in FL studio Noctua is in FL studio like I don't know the FL just got a different songs to it interesting so so do you feel like you know each dog kind of has its strengths and weaknesses like is it just a tool or like like what do you feel about that I, I don't think any any dolls have any weaknesses. Um, they only have st- different types of strengths um, because everybody kind of, everybody works differently, right? Um, and so I would compare like in FL, uh, FL is is very is very liberal in workflow. It's very like open and it feels random when people from Ableton open it up. So that's why people are like. What the hell is this? Whenever they go in the, whenever they go into the uh, plugins that they have, they're like, oh, these sound fucking awesome, or like, oh, the clipping on here is super different, smacks. But me, like, whenever I get into Ed Ableton, and I'm like, yo, uh, why can you do everything on here? <laughs> why can you do anything on here? And I'm like, this is crazy. And, you know, I think that's, like, the biggest thing. But even when I look at F- Ableton, I'm like, this is an Excel spreadsheet for Ableton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, dude, I'm not going to lie. I fucking, I, the Harmer synth on FL is absolutely insane. I think that's one of the craziest synths I've ever fucking fucked with. So much so that I had to download that shit, like, like by itself. <laughs> yeah, man, that shit is goaded, bro. All, all the, uh, all my Ableton always tell me that. 
harbors their shit. Yeah. yeah. Harbor fucking goes hard. So do you have like a go-to, like, like whenever you open up a project, do you have like a go-to like VST or like a go-to piece of hardware that you use in like every track that you produce? Yes. Um, so like I, I can name a few, um, right now for just making sound design and stuff like that i kind of jump all over the place though you know um i just got a bunch of killer stuff i like a lot of their uh yeah. stuff um i think my favorite plugin my favorite plugin of all time is silence for sure that was just like the first thing i learned it's the og sound that i love yeah I, i'll use that for because you know now more so just small things that like just to give it the taste of like oh that's captioned like people who recognize that small sound but like really I'm, I'm digging into stuff like Vital is something I've been messing with a lot lately um, I got this new plugin recently um, it's kind of old but uh, it's new to me it's called Anna 2 it's ANA 2 um, I've been fucking with that one a lot it's kind of like uh, I would compare it to Serum in a way um, but it's, it's got more of like a like a classic sound like an 80s synth vibe sound that's really cool so Interesting, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, I can't remember who it's by. Um, after, after the interview, I'll, uh, I'll send you a link or something. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask, did you start more so as a producer or a DJ? I started as a... Um, yeah. It's hilarious. I, I, a lot of people... I, I saw this tweet the other day and it was like, do you describe yourself as a DJ producer or producer DJ? <laughs> <laughs> that shit blew my mind. Um, <laughs> so, like, uh, when you have a blank, uh, you know, DAW in front of you, how do you usually begin your tracks? Um, man, that's some good questions. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it changes every time I'm I'm starting a new song, right? So, like, sometimes there are moments where. You know, and coming from a hip hop background, I feel like this is something that has been been like fought against for a minute. Um, and I don't know why it's super weird, but I'll you know I'll start a song with just a straight up sample, and I'll slide through splice, find some shit that like probably nobody else would use um, in EDM, like something hip hop esque or like very vibey or different. And I'll you know I'll manipulate that into some cool shit, um, or I'll or I'll literally get on. And I've I've been listening or hearing the melody in my head all day, you know. And I'll I'll start by writing a melody, but I'm always starting by writing melodies. I think that's that's probably the biggest biggest consistency. I'm never like going in and start with drums uh, or going and start with a perk loop or something like that. Like yeah. I'm always writing melodies first for sure. Interesting. I, I feel like you might have been maybe one of two people that have said they start with the melody first because a lot of people, like you said, like they like to start with the drums and get that rhythm pattern established before they start doing sound design. So it's interesting that you start with that first. Um, do you feel like when you're doing that, like, is there an unlimited amount of plugins that you use or like is there not enough plugins to write the melodies that you have in your head um honestly you only need if you if you really want to write a whole song you only need one plugin i mean i spent i spent my first few years only just inside of you know um and i think that like there's just something that goes about 
a consistent, you know, a consistent sound that, you know, having maybe just one plugin or having only stock plugins or something like that. Um, like I know uh, Jay Kutch, uh, who is a guy out of Chicago, I think he was only using Harmer for like a good minute and his sound design was, and still is like fucking goaded, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, really, 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 uh, plugins and all that shit don't necessarily matter. They, they can at a certain point, but mostly for things like mixing, right? You know, if yeah. you want to sound better, you know, better tools will, but like plugins and stuff like that, yeah. fucking dope dude I love this attitude so let me ask when you are preparing to have a show how do you normally prepare your DJ sets (laughs) very lazily look (laughs) 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 because so okay so I'm not gonna lie I have a very bad tendency to like procrastinate when it comes to my DJ sets it's bad it's bad but I have I download music all the time all like forever so like I have a, a fat ass catalog of music but I think uh, sometimes that you know comes back and bites me in the butt because you know there will be, be some shows where like I'm like yo this is so important and I'll spend maybe you know like two weeks or something like that prepping a set um, and I'll I'll get in uh, I'll get in um uh, I'll get in record box and you know I'll actually create a set song by song, transition by transition, and make sure that it's super lit. But then other times, you know, like I played Carmack uh, earlier. It was either earlier this year or at the end of last year or something like that. And uh, I fucking freestyled that one. I was like, whatever. I'm gonna put the, put a bunch of music in here from sets that I've already played, and I'm just gonna make up some transitions and hope it goes well. And it it still went well. Uh, so I mean, you know. It just really depends. Yeah, so just kind of on the both ends of the spectrum. That's interesting because me personally, when I fucking, when I'm going to DJ a set, like, I, I, like, I'm doing my homework. I'm fucking looking at the key of each song. I'm looking at the phrasing of each song. And I'm just, I'm super methodical. And my homies hate me because of that shit. And I'm like, yo, that's just me, though. That's just how. So it's it's dope to hear that, you know, you have that difference. And you, you kind of go with the flow sometimes. And sometimes if you take a little more seriously, you want to just do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a there's a time and a place for for it all. And honestly, as you get better at being a DJ, like which is not necessarily super hard, anyways. But like um, as you get better at being a DJ, I think that you have the, you have a little bit more freedom in in doing those things. So like yeah. You know, and I maybe think last, right I love the creativity that happens when you are like you know back to backing with someone I think those are the most special moments because everyone has their own you know platform and their own experiences so when those experiences kind of combine I think that's where shit gets really really ethereal you know yeah definitely I had my so I did my uh first um, I did my first ever back-to-back with John Casey, actually, um, last weekend or two weekends ago or something like that uh, for the Illfest Free Party out here. And uh, that was definitely kind of how I felt. I was like, yo, what are we up here doing? <laughs> yeah. Some transitions that were just like, I was like, where did this where did this song come from? Or like, where did you where did you think of this idea all of a sudden? Like, I don't know, super dope, super fun stuff. I can't wait to do more. Um, 
more later of that kind of stuff later this year. Fuck yeah. And I, I was going to ask, like, okay, so like, what do you have going on in the future? What's Caption doing, you know? What, what do you got? Some shows, some new music coming out, possibly a live stream? Of course, of course. Um, so right now, um, I definitely... I definitely have a lot of music coming out this year uh, I've kind of decided to take this year a little bit slower than I have um, in the past before it was like you know, and, and I'm sure anybody could tell you how like in 20, 2019 2020 even in last year I was dropping at minimum a song a month and sometimes even more I remember there were months where I was dropping two three songs a month or even more than that you know and um it just it was a lot and at the time the grind was super fun and you know yeah. being a part of the community a lot it was really cool um, but I, I've been wanting to focus in more on what the project actually stands for looks like feels like um, for like a longevity purpose um, so I'm taking a step back still probably releasing once a month uh, I just had my first drop with Future, Coll- Future Collective um, it was a collab with Mystic uh, nice. this week or last week on Tuesday um it's still pretty good. Some trap shit, you know what I'm saying? Go check it out. <laughs> um, other than that, man, I'm I'm dropping at least once a month. Um, there's some remixes coming out, um, some new sounds that people just haven't quite heard from me yet. Um, so I'm excited to get those out there. Um, definitely some shows. Some I can't talk about. Um, and some, which is they're gonna be fucking lit. Super excited about them. Um, <laughs> nice. when they come out. Y'all will definitely know what I'm what I'm talking about. Um, but I'm doing some stuff in uh, Salt Lake in a couple of weeks. Uh, oh, I got a little, uh, little show out here in Dallas for this event or for this group that I, um, or really it's this uh, project that I'm a part of called The Waiting List out here in Dallas, which I'll explain a little bit about that later on if you want me to talk about that. Um, and um, yeah, so maybe some festivals at the end of the year, all kinds of good stuff, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, let's talk about that waiting list. What's that all about? Yes, yeah, so so this is really dope. This is something that um, I've been working on with my homie Graham Malice out of Dallas. Uh, he's he was one of the first people I started making music with back in the day, um, and uh, we started this project called the Waiting List. Um, basically, I, the idea behind the Waiting List is that we do sessions um, that are focused in on creating community and cohesion in the Dallas scene, um, and that is that that's from production sessions to um nice. writing sessions for artists or recording sessions with uh with vocal artists and stuff like that um and it's going really really well uh we dropped we actually started our own platform um and we've got our own spotify and all that good stuff we're dropping music with artists and stuff as well um and i don't know it's been really fucking cool we've started growing into the point now where we're we're putting on our own events uh and we're doing something here in uh, dallas on the on the 17th or 18th or something like that um where i'll be doing a i'll be doing a set at the end of the night um just to wrap it all up so it'll be cool fucking dope so oh uh, i mean i have to ask at this point like do you have anyone on your quote-unquote list that you might want to recommend to be on the podcast later on um because the music universe is incredibly infinite and i love when people start their own projects so is there someone that you'd like to put on possibly to showcase their art to the world yeah definitely i mean there are a few names a few names obviously Graham Alice is a really good person he he has some some really cool stuff to say um and a really cool backstory as well um 
Nick P also. Nick P out of Dallas. Dude, uh-huh. Nick P was literally our first episode. <laughs> oh, <seriously>? Yeah. <laughs> Nick, Nick is a, he's Nick fu- is quite he, the legend. He's becoming a legend in real time, and it's the most, it's so beautiful to watch, bro. Adrian, like, Nick P's the guy. <laughs> I, agree. I agree. That's fucking cool. That's cool that you guys know each other, too. I mean, it makes sense. You were out here. Like, Nick is, Nick was very deep in it, and we've just been getting closer, like, as of late. We, we just keep seeing each other everywhere, and he keeps putting me on, like, some of the lineups, him and, uh, him and, um, Xander and, and stuff like that. So, like, we just, we just been hanging out, and he's a fucking good dude, good dude. Yeah, man. Um, who else? Uh, if you're looking for some more artists in, like, just different spaces as well, there's some artists that are out in Dallas that just definitely, I feel like, need more love. Like, um, guys like Coach Tev, these are rapper cats that I know out here that are okay. really doing dope, dope, dope shit, but, like, just aren't getting the same love that, uh, that artists like us are getting, right? Um, yeah. EMR, yeah. So, Coach Tev out of Dallas. Um, Debbie Stones out of Dallas, Spike Chester, um, those three guys. There's definitely more. I uh, keep the list keep going forever. Uh, Def, I'm going to reach out to all of them. And let me ask you one thing. So, um, like, how does it feel being a person of color in the EDM industry? Like, do you... I mean, obviously, colorism is real, but, like, how do you feel about that? It's a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm actually black and white. Right. Uh, yes. And, you know, I think that a lot of the a lot of the color war stuff, I can, I feel it so heavily, you know, because I'm, unfortunately, to a lot of people, right in the middle of it. And, they expe- and some people expect that out of me, which I think is unfair. Yeah. Um, but I ignore that, you know. Um, I grew up and was raised in a black household pretty much my whole life. Um, and so jumping into a space that is primarily, you know, primarily um, Caucasian, you know, males and stuff like that, I think that it's been an interesting experience, to say the least. Um, I found myself kind of kind of diverting myself from the fabric of like what makes it right now and looking for opportunities and spaces where I can be more myself um, you know which is a black artist in in the space uh, that's why I link up with people like John Casey that's why I link up with people like Chromanichi um, you know uh, and that's why Bonsai Collective had pretty much 75% of our crew is people of color, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I, I look at the space that, I look at the space out there, it's like, it's not necessarily, uh, I guess this is, this, this might be a hot take. The way the industry has been created, it's not necessarily anyone's fault, right? So I'm not gonna sit here and try to blame anybody for it being this, like, this wide or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think that the, the way that we can change it is just by being here and progressively pushing forward people that are in the same space that are, you know, doing the same things as us that, you know, we want to see go forward. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I see a lot of, I see a lot of, uh, groups and show people and promoters, blah, 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 doing all this stuff to now it feels like they're trying to hit a quota. Like, Oh, we need, like, we need a black person. We need one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or a girl. <laughs> I, I think that actually harms us more than anything. Than, than it ever has. Um, yeah. The reason for that is now now we're just a now we're just a metric, you know. 
Um, well, I mean, we've always been a fucking metric, right? But <laughs> to them, but like now, now it feels like we're even more of a metric. Where they're really tracking how much of us are being a part of this stuff, rather than us just trying to push our shit, go hard, and get into these spaces, you know. Um, but you know, that's just my two cents. Um, Death. Uh, as long as we're continuing to do what we do, make dope music, and everybody's pushing each other genuinely, and think at the end of the day. We're gonna get what we want. Yeah, um, I'm gonna get what I want out of this space. So yeah. definitely, I, I feel like the scene. I mean, obviously, I mean you can fucking look up basically every scene. It was started by persons of color. Eventually, that got mainstreamed into the fucking whatever. But it's just interesting to see, especially with the EDM community, because I started this whole thing like with DJ Martsky and like Tiesto and like all these fucking international white people and I had no idea that you know black people invented all types of shit like Detroit house music you know what I mean like Detroit techno and, and things like that that we were really responsible for so when you do your you know your background history and you like do your research it's very beautiful to see that man we've been a part of this shit since the beginning honestly for basically every goddamn scene we were there and then maybe someone had an idea to do it so and this is honestly the first time i've asked this question to someone on this podcast and i just it, it, uh, that perspective is just interesting to me you know what i mean yeah yeah definitely man i mean you know once we start once that kind of history started really you know opening itself up as of as of late and it's interesting that you know not, not a lot of us really like looked into it but i mean we're all pretty we're all pretty young in this right yeah we're, we're still out here learning about you know ourselves and shit that's happening around us so like learning stuff about the history of everything is has been really opening eye-opening for definitely me as well and i see you know other people on the internet and other artists you know taking that and you know, using it, using it to, you know, our benefit to empower ourselves in the space. So it's really cool, you know. Def. So let me ask you one thing, and this is a new question that I just opened up uh, last episode, but what is your dream as an artist? What do you want to accomplish? Um. <laughs> Heavy, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a deep question. Um. I think that like I I just want like I just want to be remembered, bro. I want to be like I want to. So like the quote, the quote that we um, like use for bonsai is something that like resonates with me for a lot of things, just in life in general. Um, and I think that is kind of just the way I feel about how I want my music represented as well, just in the future, like. Um, it is, here's a quote, it's, bonsai will survive, it accumulates time, bonsai is always beside you, filled with memories, right? And basically, what I got from that is that, you know, um, bonsai represents, like, for me, music, you know, and, and relating back to my own music is, uh, I want this stuff to, even if it's not, like, something that changes the world, I want the, the at least people in the in the space, you know, and or just somebody in general to be so affected by it that they'll remember the shit forever, you know? They'll be able to come back to it, feel something, you know, um, maybe be able to express something to somebody else um, that, you know, they might not have been able to in words through music, you know? Um, 
just in general that you know I, I would like to say that I would love to be famous and all this cool stuff blah 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 but like you know at the end of the day like none of that stuff matters to me for my music as a, as an artist you know as a musician mm-hmm. um, I think at the end of the day that's really all I that's really all I want for my music so yeah yeah and I, I think that's why a, a lot of artists well I mean artists in general just pursue the artistic value of um, y- uh, it's it's a somewhat immortality, right? Like you release a track and that shit is out there forever. You die and then 50 years from now, there might be some kid just fucking exploring and finds your music and that changes him forever, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's one of the best ideals of um, artistry, you know, in its own form, whether or not it's a physical art or a musical art or a comedic art or whatever. It's something that you want to be transcribed for generations. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. Fuck Super. yeah. So let me ask, bro. Um, obviously, you're on the fucking the Internet space. But where can people find you as a person? What's your ads? What's your Zynga? What's your... Uh, you're uh, vampire freaks. Do you even have that looking ass? Look, might have to go do some research. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's true. You can you can find me anywhere. I mean, my music my music project is really like my lifestyle project as well. I mean, I just that's where I share everything and anything that I kind of feel passionate about. Um, if you want to find me on Facebook, though, that's cool. You know, Adrian Reed on Facebook. <laughs> Shout out to Search of Caption. Um, yeah, my, my ad on everything, everywhere is Caption. Even my Cash app, dollar sign Caption. Feel free to, you know, support your boy. Um, and y'all can check out anything that I got going on anywhere on those, those, those platforms. So, yeah. It must be great to have... And I, I figured that out when I was fucking too old, but that search engine optimization, bro, caption, it's really good. It's really good. Me, I'm fucking metaphysic raver everywhere, and no one looks that shit up at all, ever. <laughs> like, people know that I'm metaphysic, but, like, you have to look up metaphysic raver, and it's like, this is too much work, honestly. <laughs> Never too late to rebrand. Man, fuck that. I I don't like. (laughs) Like once you rebrand, people are like, oh, so he wasn't confident enough to do his shit or what? Don't let anybody talk you out of it. That's it. Yeah, like that. Goddamn right. So, all right, bro. um, We've had you on the podcast and. Adrian, thank you so much for your time. Um, here's the point where we give you your platform to give you a little bit of last words of wisdom to the audience and who's listening. So what do you got to say to the people? Words of wisdom. Um, keep your job. Driving <laughs> artistry is not fun. Um, <laughs> definitely, um, you know, remain consistent, be friendly, Work on music every day. Um, don't be afraid to take days off also if you don't want to. Um, make hella friends. Um, play Elden Ring because it's super lit. <laughs> Yo, don't even get me started on Elden Ring, bro. <laughs> I, I already have almost 100 hours. Jesus, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> Taking a break from music, obviously. <laughs> um, 
that's that's really all I have. You know, um, hopefully y'all get a lot of this this interview and uh, the things that I've had to say about you know how I feel about my music and the world um, in music space, the music space right now. Um, yeah, just remain consistent. Follow me on social medias to get more of this juicy content. Um, and yeah. God damn right. Yo, Adrian, it was so fucking amazing to have you on the podcast. We really appreciate your time. We'll be talking to you soon, yeah? Of course, yeah. And I appreciate y'all for having me on. Uh, hit me up for this. It was, a, it was a bit of time coming, so, you know, I appreciate it. Goddamn right. Third Coast Space Radio, signing out. Yo, so there you have it. Third Coast Space Radio, Season 3, Episode 26. Be sure to like us and respective artists involved as always. Yo, thank you guys so much for your continued support. Be seeing you guys next month. Have a good one. Yeah. Blau.